Welcome back to Talking Out Loud with Bobby and Raymond. I'm Bobby Doogie, your professional mental toughness coach. And with me, as always, is the sharpening his pencil, working very hard on his bracket, Dr. Raymond Pryor. Mm, We still exist, so that's good. You're welcome, world. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Our brackets are filling in. Have you filled out your bracket yet, Bobo? Yeah, I took a very... Uh, new perspective on it for me. So Alyssa, my wife was filling her bracket out and she was asking me a bunch of questions like, Hey, what about this team? Or what about that team? And I kept telling her, I was like, you know, people like Alyssa who don't necessarily watch a ton of college basketball, don't necessarily know a lot about the specific teams or players in the, in the tournament. Like you are the ones who tend to do better in bracket challenges because you know, the rest of us who think we're predicting something. And Raymond, you've made this comment before when we talk about predictions. Like, you can't predict this stuff. Mm-mm. You know, Not you got to go, sure. go play the game. So I was like, I was like, you know, let's just, just go with what you feel. Now she should fight the urge to put Vermont in the finals, which she has mm. done before because she went to the University of Vermont. Shout out. Cat to Amounts. Cat Amounts. Yeah, Cat Amounts. Best mascot ever. And I'm willing to make that the topic for the whole podcast if you want, just talking about the value of, of mascots. But um, – so anyway, I was thinking about that after I gave her that advice. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just open my bracket. I'm going to do it as fast as I can. Like just kind of go with my gut every single one, not really think about it to the point where I actually don't even remember what I did. I just know mm-hmm. that I did it super fast and it's out there in the world. How do you feel about well, my strategy? I, I feel that's a pretty good strategy. The, the thing about like you can kind of prognosticate as much as you want about these brackets and who's going to beat who. And, and I think you can say with, you know, I think when people are like pretend they're super certain about the outcome, I think it's laughable because you're really not. It's just like a matter of odds. Matter of fact, like this whole bracket system of gambling where you're getting people to join their brackets and they could potentially win money is predicated on the fact that people don't predict the future very well. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the idea that you're going to make some intelligent um, and informed guesses will certainly probably help but the bottom line is like we don't really know who's gonna win this thing we just have some teams that are maybe more likely based on their current level of ability yeah so i have a couple things for you on that yeah um and i heard so i heard a couple things driving this morning listening to the radio which is how i got to this one of them is bracket related one of them is unbracket related and i want to know what you think about both okay first of all raymond um, apparently in the like th- over 300 games that Duke and North Carolina have combined to play in the NCAA tournament, they have never played each other, which mm. blew my mind. Does that blow your mind? And how do you feel about that? Yeah. It, well, yes and no. So it blows my mind in that they've never met, but it doesn't surprise me that they don't meet very often because it, they're often high ranking teams uh both high ranking teams and then in which case then they're going to be and because they're in the same conference they're going to be probably put on different sides of the bracket which i'm seeing that they are this year and that if they were to meet it wouldn't be until the championship match so if that's a typical pattern where they're both you know high ranking teams and put on opposite sides of the brackets because they're in the same conference then both of them would have to win a lot of games to see each other, in which case, you know, that's just something that's statistically unlikely. So it surprises me that in all the tournaments they've never met, but it doesn't surprise me that they don't meet very often just based on the way that the conferences and the tournament is structured. 
Yeah, I, it blew my mind as well. I was like, I can't even believe, I actually couldn't even believe it was true, but I did not do the research to go back and fact check it. So, yeah, um, wow. all right. So here's the other thing I heard, and the only connection this has to um, the NCAA tournament is that I also heard it on the radio with that stat. So this, what I'm about to throw at you, has nothing to do with college basketball. Okay. So I heard this commercial, and it's this guy selling like this financial services m- model. Um, and here was the analogy he made to sell his model. The question is, who would win a bicycle race, an 11-year-old or a Tour de France cyclist? And he sort of asked it rhetorically. And then he said, the answer is, it depends on the vehicle. Now, he's, of course, selling his vehicle, right? But his premise was that if it's a 10-speed road bike, of course, the Tour de France cyclist wins. However, if it's a tricycle, the 11-year-old will win every time. And then he went on to sell his vehicle. And I was listening to it. I was like, uh, I'm going to red flag that one. I think a Tour de France cyclist kicks the ever-living you-know-what out of an 11-year-old, even on a tricycle. Thoughts? Yeah, I think an 11-year-old's having a hard time keeping up on any cycle, <laughs> whether it's a try or a buy. Yeah. So, okay. So, here's what got me thinking. And I want to ask you this. This is my second question I want to ask you. Is there any race of any kind, forget about Tour de France cyclists, like I'm talking you, Raymond Pryor, like, mm-hmm. is there any race of any kind an 11-year-old could beat you in? Oh, yeah, for sure. What is it? Because I think there's well, not – I'll say this in my – You know, people get a sense of my high level of confidence bordering on arrogance. I don't think an 11-year-old could beat me in any race and I've coached No kids. race? You don't think there's an 11-year-old out there who could beat you in a foot race? I do not. Really? Find him or her. Oh, man. I think there are some freakishly athletic 11-year-olds out there that could beat you in a 40-yard dash or let's, a mile. Let's you think do it. You think you can outrun a an 11-year-old who's – pretty athletic and like maybe runs track in like a in a marathon yeah for sure for sure <laughs> okay line them well up. now you're just being ridiculous no no line them all up and i so there was a couple of things i was actually prepared because i know you well enough okay. to know you're gonna be like brilliant about this so yeah. I, was like, I thought you were gonna throw like an 11 year old cheetah at me and i was gonna say okay that doesn't count has to be human the other okay, thing well, i obviously. thought you might throw at me was like some kind of apparatus that i can't fit in physically which I was ready to red flag because I was going to say that doesn't count as a race because I can't compete. So with, okay. a, aside from like non-human or some apparatus that I can't operate, no way. Bring it on, 11-year-olds, all of you. So you think you can outswim uh, an 11-year-old like Olympic hopeful level swimmer in a race? I think I crushed that 11-year-old. I think, that, I think I beat that 11-year-old so bad that they quit swimming. Okay. Well – that that's i don't know what you had for breakfast this morning bro but it is delusional cheerios of some sort because i just don't i mean i think you'd be a favorite in many races against 11 year olds i don't think you are winning all of them okay this has become the 11 year old challenge a cheetah's lifespan is only about 10 years so an 11 year old cheetah is i could be i could be yeah so you could (laughs) win that one congratulations All right, so this should become known as the eleven-year-old challenge podcast. Maybe yeah, that will become I mean, a hashtag. We're need to actually, let's put this get into out action. There. I think I'm saying yeah. all eleven-year-olds bring it on. Like anyone who knows any eleven-year-old who in, thinks they can take me in any race, in I'm, any race, in any race of any kind. I'm. What about like a hot dog eating contest? Is that a race or yeah, is that? I a take contest? it. I accept that challenge. I okay. My daughter can't eat a whole pizza, and she's not even three yet. Like that's where I'm coming from, as far as genetics on eating so i'll take all eating challenges from 11 year olds as well man 
So anyway. I mean, I did know you when you were basically eating like Domino's pizza or Chinese takeout every day in college. So yeah, you've done some training, but it's not like yeah. you're living that lifestyle anymore. No, but I, I could go I'm, back. I'm really surprised at how overconfident you are with this. I feel like most of the time you've got this kind of like self-deprecating confidence where yep. it's like, mm, yep. I'm going to really uh, move the goalposts in order to make sure that I'm successful. Yep. But yep. this one, you're not really today. just... Not today. Wow. I feel like I could take 11-year-olds. That's where what I draw happened? the line. Did you like read a book or something? What happened well, where you're... First of all, of course like, not. No, of course not. Um, <laughs> course I, not. I, um, I don't know. Maybe it's because like now we have two kids and I have eight cups of coffee every morning and I'm all fired mm. up. Like it could be that, but I don't think it is. I just had like a real adverse reaction to this commercial I heard. And I was like, I got to see if Raymond thinks he could take an 11 year old. And I agree with you. Normally I'm like, eh, let me hedge my bets. I don't want to overstep. You know, there's a lot of, there's so many, we know all this about performance jokes aside and how many variables there are in performance and what's within your control and what's without. But like 11 year olds, bring it on, bro. That's where I stand. Man. Wow. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's segue. Let's, start. let's segue, okay. bro. Let's, let's segue. Cause you're, you're talking crazy. Yep, I'm fired up today. Um, Let's, I just, wow, I'm really curious as to, so that commercial really just dialed you in, huh? Really got me. I was all fired up about the North Carolina Duke stat and I was like, man, that blew yeah. my mind. And then the radio went to commercial and then I heard that and I was like, this blew my mind in a totally different way. And I think that that guy who's selling financial services is being irresponsible with his analogies. Well, that that's not an argument that, or that is, that's something I'm in agreement with. But the fact that you went from that guy's making a a irresponsible analogy to I'm pretty sure I can outrace every 11 year old in the world at anything at anything Here, that's a big job bro it is you know what this could be what puts our podcast on the map though because we could irritate all kinds of 11 year olds who show up yeah. to smash me in like nine different kinds of races and it, sure. we could okay. become a YouTube sensation like who knows where this could take us this could be the moment that the talking out loud with Bobby and Raymond podcast goes goes worldwide Thanks okay, to my so for all of you 11-year-olds out there, the on. gloves have come off. Bobby has slapped your face with the velvet glove. Bring it on. Feel free to challenge him. For anyone in the Miami, greater Dade County area, Bobby will meet you at the park for a race of your choice. And please, somebody take him off of this pedestal that he's been living on. Yeah, and I want you to know, like, I'm not willing to travel internationally yet, but I will travel around the country if an 11-year-old wants to challenge me. I think it's good for the podcast and the world. Okay. Well, you know where to get a hold of Bobby on his website to challenge him to any and all races. Bring your birth certificates to yeah. make sure that you that's are 11 Oh, yeah, that's true. Old. We're going to be sticklers about that. But, but like, you so, can't beat uh, the show. Right. So again, this is just this is crazy to me. You've seen the Little League World of Se World Series, like mm -hmm. you watch it in part, like every year. And every year, there's some 11 or 12 year old who is some freakish athlete yeah. who is like hit puberty four years too early. You think you're going to outrace that kid? For sure, I can get in that kid's mind. I can get that kid all twisted <laughs> up in a game. That kid doesn't know how to shave okay. yet, but should be. I can get that kid way off track. Definitely. All right. Wow, I'm excited about I'm this. I'm excited too. Um, we we got to figure out how to turn this into a race for you and a drinking game for me. <laughs> well, everybody wins. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, let's see if we could segue to a legitimate mental toughness uh, performance topic from the ridiculousness of the first 10 minutes of this podcast. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. Let's see if we can't get this dumpster fire under control yeah, a little bit. Yeah, let's huh? do it. Let's get back on track. So, um, Raymond, I uh, 
we've been having some conversations offline recently. And um, one of the things that would help an 11 year old in a race with me if they wanted to win um, would be one of the early steps in developing a, a, what I'll call a winning mindset, right? And you, we've had this conversation recently as it relates to an individual's purpose. And there, we were having this conversation offline as it related to a person's uh, the value of clarifying their purpose in whatever it is that, you know their craft has to do with. Um, you know, we're living in the world of sport, so you know, what is your purpose within? the the focus of your performance in, in your sport. And it got us to this pretty interesting conversation of does everybody have a purpose? Do they need to clarify that purpose? Um, do they have a purpose at all? Have they gone through that step in any way, shape or form? So when you just spend a few minutes, kind of lay that out for our listeners as far as the value of purpose, the role it plays, and we can kind of kick it back and forth, um, maybe with some how to's and uh, bring this back around to 11 year olds at the end. Sure. Well, Purpose is probably something many people hear in a variety of different um, phrases or vernaculars. So you might hear it as like, what's your why? You might hear purpose. You might hear mission. Um, some people might use the term goals. You and I probably wouldn't just based on the kind of uh, mindset that that can easily push people into. Uh, so we'll just kind of use the word purpose. I think that's something that you and I gravitate toward. I might use the word mission. Um a little bit, but ultimately what having a clearly defined purpose does is it provides a framework to push your thoughts and actions through. Um, you might also call it a philosophy, um, but it's, it's defining what it is that you want to do and why you want to do it, which then pushes you through a framework of how you're going to uh, pursue it. You know, so it really, it answers two really important questions, which are, why is it that you're doing what you're doing? And what is it about what you're doing that you're going to, to focus on or highlight or key on, key into that is going to then start to create the how you're going to pursue it. And so it's a really important starting point. Um, and it's something that oftentimes when people start to um, kind of have a, a, are struggling with what it is that they're doing that oftentimes it's a, it's a great fundamental to kind of reconnect with, um, and redefine where it starts to create some clarity, um, and start to eliminate a lot of, uh, noise or static, um, around that can kind of get in our way. So Bobby, take us through what you might do with an athlete or, or a client where you're, uh, either starting with purpose or maybe revisiting purpose. Yeah, for sure. Before I do that, if I could just sort of respond to some of the things you said, because I think you've you, you said a lot of really Im important things, and um, I, I use the word framework when, when you were talking about purpose, and I think that's really important for people. That one of the reasons that we want to start there or go back there, as as you just alluded to, is that what purpose can do for an individual, you know, within their sport or craft, is it creates a framework for the how. You said that really well, and it, and it made me think of. You know, one of the val the value of that step is it can really simplify your life slash performance to a certain extent. And here's what I mean by that. In one of our early episodes of this podcast, Raymond, I, I, I'm a second or third, one of the early ones, I'd have to go back and check. You told a story for our listeners about um, a, a crew team and that they were able to perform beyond what maybe their physical abilities suggested they would be able to based on past performance because they were able to simplify their purpose to answering one question mm -hmm. of does it make the boat go faster? And they lived their lives according to 
okay, the framework of our purpose is to do things that make our boat go faster. And they really were able to simplify their lives into what is a very helpful when you can make things black or white, because as we know, life has a lot of gray areas. Um, you know, when you can make things a simple yes, no, uh, that's a really good example. Uh, and that story that, that you, you brought to this podcast a while back is, I just think it's a really good example of a framework and, and the value purpose can have, um, in simplifying things that often can become confusing. So again, just a good example, uh, to highlight what you're saying of a crew team saying everything that we do, we're going to run through the framework of answering the question, does it make the boat go faster? And if it doesn't, it's not it's not in line with our purpose and we don't have, you know, and we don't want to consider it. So um, to answer your question and throw it back to you at the same time, you know, I'd say when I'm going through purpose with someone, whether we're going back to it or starting from the beginning, um, you know, I'd use a lot of the same words you just did. And I would do so in the context of helping people think about the big picture. Uh, another phrase that I like to use, Raymond, is begin with the end in mind. You know, let's talk about where we're mm-hmm. going and, and then we can create this framework. I'll keep going back to those really good words you used. Um, you know, whether it's our why, our mission. Again, I, I'm with you. I don't like goals. Whether it's our aim, whether it's identity, whatever it is, the framework we're going to create. Let's do everything we can to simplify it to say the extent of is it getting us where we want to be? Big picture. Can we begin with the end in mind? Is whatever we're doing within this framework of of guiding us, making progress towards uh, this final uh, destination, at least for whatever portion period of, of life that we're focusing on as it relates to, to performance. Um, I think that it has a lot of value for performance. I think it has a lot of value for motivation, commitment, et cetera, you know, all of the gambit. So um, those are the kinds of things I would talk about. That's really the main question I would want to answer is, are we clear first on where we want to end up um, before we talk about how to get there? How do you feel about that? Yeah. Um, it's interesting you brought that up. I was speaking with a potential new client yesterday. I got a phone call. Um, and this person is a Navy fighter pilot. Um, and we spent a little bit of time talking about, uh, navigation. I was just kind of curious how the navigation in a fighter jet works, which is something I don't understand very well still. But what was really clear about the navigation is there's, uh, in their flight plans and whatnot is, and I think how this relates to purpose is that there's uh, you're setting a course for your flight or you have a flight plan. And then quite often you need to course correct. And if I'm kind of hearing you, Bobby, whether you're talking about an athlete's purpose, whether you're talking about defining a mission, or maybe if you're a corporation with a, a mission statement or a, mi- or a purpose, um, it clarifies what you're doing and why you're doing it. So it's almost an anchoring point that sets your course And then it can also serve as something that helps you course correct when there's a lot of clutter or there's things that can kind of blow you off course uh, to get back to what you want to do or maybe amend what you're doing in order to get back to where you want to be. Yeah, for sure. um, I'm looking for a word. It's it's a barometer really for – you know, when things get hairy, that's why I say like gray area is challenging for performance, right? Gray area is what causes us to have to think through some things and potentially utilize some mindset training, um, you know, to get ourselves some clarity around our performance. And so to the extent that your framework, I think is what you're saying, you know, can simplify what you're doing. Um, that's a, that's a really helpful tool in all things, you know, we can think about life as it relates to our jobs, whether those of you that are parents or husbands or wives, you know, siblings, oh, you, we all have different roles that we want to be our best at. And 
if everything you're doing that may or may not be causing you problems can come back to a simple question like, not to belabor the point, but your, you know, your previous example from another podcast of does it make the boat go faster? You know, if you can boil your purpose down or your destination down, you know, to your um, navigation example, to just one pinpointed specific thing and make it a simple yes or no, that's just a huge advantage in, um, you know, simplifying both life and performance. Hundred percent. You know, I'm reminded a little bit of a conversation that your father was having while we were playing golf. Uh, he was having it with somebody else. I think your father's kind of notorious for being on the phone while we're playing golf. <laughs> um, but he was. I remember the question he he asked somebody because I, I mean you couldn't hear the other end of the phone call, but it was kind of clear that he was talking with somebody related to either one of the businesses that he's involved in, or maybe it was a colleague where they had what looked like an opportunity in front of them. I'm not sure if it was a financial opportunity or a growth opportunity or what, but the question your father asked was, how does this opportunity match your mission? You know, essentially like your, your organizational mission and the mission statement of your, of your company. And that question stood out to me because, you know, if you're a a corporation, let's say you're a hospital or something and your mission is to serve people you know, the best healthcare possible, there are going to be a variety of opportunities to potentially make more money as an organization that may or may not be in line with your mission statement, if that's where you decided to be. And it was, it's such an eye-opening experience for me hearing your dad say that, because I imagine that on the other end, just knowing the type of business owners and businesses your dad works with, that there was some opportunity on the other end that somebody was interested in because it was very likely to either grow their company or, provide some type of uh, financial gain. And, but it was, it was so such a clarifying moment that your father asked, well, is that really in line with what it is that you're really about? Mm-hmm. And so many times we see athletes now who are provided opportunities, you know, if we're talking about the Zion Williamson's of the world who are playing at Duke, like there are opportunities for them to do so many things that could provide them what we would consider really awesome opportunities but not all of them are in line with what it is that their defined purpose might be or where it is that they really want to get to in the end and how they want to get there. And so I think really being able to, to clarify what your purpose is and to revisit it can help streamline and say, well, what opportunities are going to move me in the direction that I ultimately really want to do and what it is that I want to do and, and just kind of avoid the clutter and the temptation. Yeah, it's a, uh... Yeah, it's, it's really well said. I mean, another example I'm thinking of listening to you. And by the way, that rounds out my parental involvement in this episode because my mother walked in when we started to record it into the office here and we stopped and started over. And now my father's been mentioned. She warned us about getting sued. <laughs> right. So this whole racing 11-year-old yeah. thing is <laughs> obviously you're not listening right. to your parents. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go back and seek her counsel afterwards. But so she sure. walked in and now my dad's been mentioned. I had to give context to people. You know, my, my dad's been a... Um, not just a successful businessman, but um, is really a, a, one of the truly great leaders in the world. I'm saying that with, I have bias, but that's a company without bias, mentored a lot of people. And so uh, I'm you know, grateful that you noticed that and brought that story up, Raymond. I'm sure that will make it feel good. I think it was, was um, it was insightful on your part too, to bring up because I'll take an analogy, an analogy, I'll, t- I'll tell you another story that's along the similar um similar path. And I'd love to hear you react to this. I I try not to bring up too many parenting stories, but a lot of the context of how I hear things, it's hard not to with, you know, two young children. So Alyssa and I were looking at preschools recently 
um, for Jenny. And we're considering the school that has preschool up to fifth grade. So it's, you know, big decision for parents because it's not just like, hey, which preschool is my kid going to, but it's where they're going to be for, you know, the next significant portion of their life. And the reason I was thinking about it, listening to you, Raymond, is the moment they got me was when the person, the director of admissions said, that the head of their school has a mantra that every single decision that is made has to answer in the affirmative to this one question, is this better for our kids? And that they're, one of their things is that they would defend any decisions as this is better for the kids. That's why we did it. And I was like, you know, nobody's perfect and there's no way you do that every time. And I know enough to know that, but you're, you're going about it the right way. You know, you've really got something here, uh, a clarity of mission to use your, um, your words. I mean, if that's your mission statement, which a lot of organizations, um, you know, develop and then try to hold themselves accountable to, I was like, man, you've really simplified it. You've really clarified it. And, um, yeah, I think if that's the foundation you're building anything upon, not just a preschool for my child, um, but, uh, you know, any kind of business, performance of self, whatever it is, if you can get down to some kind of simple question like that, like the one my father asked, like the one the boat crew asked, or like the one this director of admissions at a preschool says, you know, is it better for our kids? That was the moment that, you know, I know Alyssa and I were like, we're very comfortable with our kid here. Yeah. So, Indeed. Ray, so, so, sorry, jump in. Let, let me, let's, before we get up against, you know, the end of a podcast, let, let, let's go to maybe the hairier side of this. I think I, you know, I think in just valuing our conversation here, I think we've probably done a, hopefully a good job for people of laying out the value of framework, um, the value of, of defining your purpose, why you want to do it, maybe how you want to do it. Um, you know, Raymond, what happens to your clients, my clients, you know, people that aren't our clients out there in the world? Wh- what are the dangers of not taking this step? You know, the people that are like, ah, that's too much, you know, that's over the top. Um, I know who I am. I'm a good person. You know, my character, let's say maybe they lean on some kind of comment like that. I'm, I'm sort of buoyed by, I, I do things the right way. I'm, I'm good. I don't need to take that step. This is all work itself out. Um, what, what can we caution that person against of saying you're, you're missing something here. You are missing an important step and here's why. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's dangerous. I would say it's limiting it's good. It's good uh, to a degree without a, yeah, without a, a clear uh, purpose or a clear mission. Or, I mean, you might even say, I, I would probably use the word philosophy. Um, and the reason I would say that is because then it's really easy to get pulled in a lot of different directions um, and not have a really streamlined route to what it is that you really want. You know, I think as human beings, like one of our... Um, common characteristics is when we've defined kind of what it is that we want to pursue, we're more likely to pursue it. You know, there's a ton of research that suggests that if you tell people what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it, you're much more likely to do it. And in part, that is because you've clearly identified what it is, which then sets a course for you. So without setting a philosophy or a mission, it can just be easy to kind of just be dragged around uh, and not really pursue what it is that you want. And then you kind of just end up wherever so it's kind of a passive approach rather than an active approach to to pursuing your craft or pursuing the type of relationships that you want or the type of business that you want or or anything like that. Um, so it provides direction, which I think is important. Uh, number two, which you've touched on a lot, is it helps with decision making. Because the bottom line is life is filled with a lot of difficult decisions and very few of them have right or wrong answers, but many of them have real implications about 
the direction that your life is going to move or your performance is going to move. I mean, every person listening to this can think back on a decision in their life that if they had made a different decision, their life would be totally different, right? And so if you've clarified what kind of life you want to have or how you want to perform or what it is that you want to pursue, and you have something that provides you the direction and the framework to make decisions and take action in, it's more likely to move you in that direction. And so in which case then when you're making decisions, they're in your best interest based on what you've decided is important to you rather than just what's presented to you. Cause we're presented with a lot of things in our lives. And then, you know, for me, the final point, which is, I just think really important for anybody is it provides that anchoring point where when you get away from what it is that you're doing, which we all do, we all find ourselves too far in the future, too far in the past or, um, exploring opportunities or maybe perceiving threats out there or being, tempted by a variety of different things. Like the bottom line is it provides an anchoring point. It provides you something to come back to when things get a little bit shaky. So the idea that everyone's going to be perfect and that progress is linear is pretty ridiculous. But if you have something to come back to that provides you guidance and purpose and direction and answers the questions, why, what, and how, then you can get back on track when you get off track. And, and really that's what kind of, uh, consistent performance is about it's not about being on track all the time it's about can i get back on track sooner than most people i think you nailed that the only thing i would add to it um and this this is kind of maybe just one more sub point of your last comment there you know the first one being about efficiency the second one being about decision making and the third one being about providing that anchor um to, to kind of buoy you to, to coming back um is and I said this probably, probably a little subset of that third one is it, it allows you the opportunity to be positive in a lot of times which people struggle with when they are working towards something you know to not be overwhelmed like it's one of the reasons I think you and I don't necessarily love goal setting we talked about that on previous podcasts but you know if you have a defined purpose you have something that's anchoring you to use your word there which is really good. You know, you don't necessarily need goals one, two, three, four, five. You don't need to go through them in a chronological systematic order. And it's okay if you have three or four days in a row where you make major gains toward that anchor. But maybe your fifth day, you really didn't make major gains. And and one of the things that I found really valuable with the people I've worked with is if they can just gain on it. I've used that phrase a lot, like just gain on it. Whatever your purpose is, whatever your destination is, your mission, you know, all these different words we use. Wherever you're going, before you worry about like getting there, First, just gain on it every day. And sometimes those are big gains and sometimes those are small gains. And that's kind of, I think, what you're talking about, that anchoring point a little bit. Um, it just helps people feel so much more positive about themselves, which to me, and, you know, that's not, almost another topic for another podcast of positivity, but like, it's just such a, uh, a more enjoyable place to perform from. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, okay, well, I didn't necessarily crush it today which means most people, the mm-hmm. average person, I'd say, even though I don't love that phrase, might feel down on themselves. Well, if you can still make an argument that, you know, okay, I still made the boat go faster, right? I still got closer to my destination for your navigation pilot, to my the example of my father. I still did fulfill the mission of my organization. You know, the preschool I, I mentioned, I still did make a decision that was best for our kids. If you have defined your purpose and it anchors you in that way, no, almost no matter what happens, you're going to be putting yourself in a really good position to find some positivity in every day or every moment of performance, which I just find to be a really valuable piece of, of this conversation. So I just wanted to add that if you want to react to that and then wrap us up, uh, take us home. Yeah. It's, so hold on. I'm gonna let you wrap up on that thought. So really Bobby, I'm, I'm 
you're saying that it provides you some greater perspective through both the ups and downs of pursuing and and through yeah, life. Yeah, I would say I, I I think I would say that I might say it slightly different. I would say it allows you to find ups in the downs if that's dangerous. You know, like one of the things, and again, this is why I said it's almost mm-hmm. maybe our next podcast topic if you're into it, talking about positivity. But one of the things that um, you have said on this podcast before is in talking about mental toughness or performance psychology is it's easy to do it when you're feeling good. You know what I mean? That's not what this topic is all about. It's, um, you know, can you do it better when you're feeling good? Sure. And that's a, that is a big part of it. But what's really hard is can you bring your best when you don't feel good? Can you be positive when you feel down on yourself? And that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Um, is that one of the values a clear purpose brings is it makes it so much easier to say, okay, even though I didn't necessarily have an A plus day, I still gained on my destination. I still fulfilled my purpose. If I can find something in this day to feel good about, I got closer to where I want to be. Well, then I can find something to feel good about, which is so important to just living you know, a happy, healthy life, I would say. Okay. So to that degree, Bobby, uh, obviously you have a newly defined purpose and or philosophy today, which is to outrace every, any, any and every 11 year old, but on a more authentic note, do you have a personal purpose or a personal philosophy that, that you live by that, that guides I you? Um, I, uh, of course I do. Uh, it would be very, uh, um, hypocritical not to right with the conversation we just had mm-hmm. um yeah. i do uh my 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 main purpose that i try to fulfill every day has to do with my role as a husband my role as a father um and if i can answer in the affirmative to specific questions as it relates to those two tasks which if you know i'm not scoring 100 out of 100 every day i can promise you all that but um even on the days where i have a bad day um I'll take parenting out of it because I seem to talk about parenting too much, but Alyssa would tell you we've had our previous podcast. Uh, I'm not a banner husband every time, but if I can find something, even if I had a bad day as a husband, where I could be like, okay, I did maybe these three things that I, if I could go back, I would do better. But I did that one good. At least I can feel good about myself in some way, which gives me, I think, um, a more positive platform to then focus on some self-improvement, have some conversations with my wife, et cetera, um, around how I want to handle those things. So listen, that comment in a vacuum, by the way, Raymond, sounds like we have like this perfect marriage. We communicate perfectly and I do. That's not my point. And of course, that's not reality. Um, But to answer your question, those are the two things that fulfill my purpose in life um, and everything else is secondary to it. So um, that's why I think this is valuable. If you could find something you did good in, in whatever you've defined, it's, it's just, and it's helpful. To be, it's easier to be self-critical too, because you're not feeling so defensive with yourself. And are there any um, keywords or phrases that are in your personal purpose or, or philosophy that really um, that really resonate there with are. you? Um, are you going to send me a bill for this session? Because yeah. I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, am. there are, uh, yeah. and I'll share them with you. Uh, the, the two toughness trademarks that I use um, are two phrases and I have them written down on a piece of paper. And then the first thing I see when I get out of bed and one is Jenny and Bobby are watching. Those are my kids. Um, and so it reminds me that everything I do, they're pay- you know, 
has to be seen through the lens of what they see me do and what I'd be proud to have them see me do whatever it is I do. And the other is impress your wife that I think one of the easiest things to do is take your wife for granted. I do it way too often. I can now say on this podcast with at least our parents listening, um, my wife knows now that I uh, am aware of that. And um, so if I can remind myself to try to do something to impress Alyssa um, and have that be something that's part of who I am, that would be, that's kind of my, those are my two phrases that I use. Dang. So the keywords really there are the people in your life. And you're in there somewhere too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was kind of my next question was just like, well, where am I? Where, where's Raymond? You were in my wedding vows, if you remember. I'm not not impressed at the moment that I'm not in your personal daily philosophy. So I always thought we were friends, but now I guess we're just <laughs> friends. Well, well, we'll keep working on that. I had to, uh, as I said, I, you were in my vows, so I don't know what more you want. Um, not enough, yeah. huh? But they weren't vows directed <laughs> to me. I was just mentioned. It was like a rap song yeah. feature. Okay, well, before we completely derail to uh, a full bromance conversation, mm-hmm. um, let's hope everybody uh, enjoyed this podcast. Thanks for checking in. Um, we have uh, made this more of a monthly event, basically the, the – uh, episodes out a little more and um appreciate people still coming and checking it out let us know what you think about purpose love to hear your feedback sounds like next time we might have some kind of conversation about uh positivity maybe about uh, some we'll get into some of raymond's uh words and phrases that guide his life and uh break some of those down so let us know what you want to hear about let us know what your words and phrases are etc love to have the feedback uh, or any other topics if you'd like us to go in a different direction if you want to tweet raymond you can find him at RFP Sport on the Twitter machine. You could tweet the show at Talk Out Loud BR. Um, and you can find me at my website, bobbydoogie.com, if you are an 11 year old and you want to bring on a challenge. Also, Raymond, just in the spirit of total clarity, just so there's no confusion, mm-hmm. I don't think I could beat all naval aviators who you referenced at some point in this episode, if I remember correctly. Mm. I don't think I could beat them all in a race, yeah. strictly 11 year olds. Well, they are not um Okay, 11. so we're good. Just <laughs> so I don't know how many eleven year old naval aviators. I'll call that a disqualifier if that is one. If that's a thing. I'm I'm not if saying that's a thing, any, that one I don't really saying. want any piece of. So there's Bobby moving the goalposts <laughs> again. That a boy. I was wondering where All right, you man, were. Good job today. Uh good to talk to you with people listening again and uh we'll do it again in a couple weeks. Um thanks everybody uh for checking us out. We promise to do better next time. All right. Be well, everybody.